0: You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Boness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk, or find us on Facebook at Riverview Boness. So we'll continue in uh, mystery, where is he? Because <laughs> it is always a mystery when we talk about the things of God. Um, as the kids are um, getting their activity boxes and it's going to occupy them for a little while, I wonder if any of you have ever been lost? Anyone ever been, uh, anyone ever been lost? Yeah, I'd be amazed if, um, see over the age of 10, if we had people who were saying, no, I've never been lost. Um, And I bet some of the kids would say that as well, and some of your parents will be remembering times when your kid got lost, and that's quite an issue, isn't it? I remember uh, a time as a child when I got lost in Dunfermline Glen. How can you get lost in Dunfermline Glen? But I got lost in Dunfermline Glen, and I can remember going round and round in circles. (sighs) Got a bit of competition this morning. (laughs) That's fine. I can remember going round and round in circles and I just could not find my way out at all and of course then mum came and found me um, and it was quite a relief and even as I was thinking about this message and thinking about being lost I could still remember the relief I felt because I really at one point thought I'm never ever going to get out of here um, I remember one time being with my sister in Leeds uh, in the White Rose Centre. don't know if any of you have ever been. It's worth a visit. It's a very lovely shopping centre. But we had her, one of our granddaughters with her and suddenly a granddaughter was missing. Jodie wasn't there anymore. And oh my goodness I remember the, the panic trying to find. And all she had done was run into a, a, another shop. Um, in my naivety, while I was um, when I went to be head teacher at Wallace Stone, I came up with this wonderful idea that we would take the kids abroad. (laughs) Yeah, well, you may laugh. (laughs) Um, And actually, it worked out really, really well. I Then um, we we ended up with having a good number of children wanting to go each year, so we took them to France and we took them to um, Holland. And one of the biggest fears that I had all the time I had them away was as long as nobody gets lost, They were primary six and seven, and we wanted to make sure that they were all safe all the time, but giving them enough freedom to make them feel that they had some kind of opportunity to be quite grown up about things. So we had loads of rules, as you can imagine. Um, So we would let them go for a short while and then have them come back. And as they came back, the relief that I felt as each one of them was there. So another thing about worrying about being lost, What about driving? Who's never got lost? I I was expecting loads of men's hands to shoot up there, I have to say. Um, All I can say is, thank the Lord for Sat Nav and Google Maps. But maybe the, the worst loss you ever have felt is that feeling of helplessness. When you're in a situation and you've absolutely no idea what to do to get out of it, or how you can be helped in it. You feel lost. Maybe somebody here this morning is still feeling a bit that way. Well, I would like to spend a little time looking at what the Bible says about being lost. Because do you know, it's actually a pretty important word in scripture. And Tom touched on it a bit last week when he talked about life in Christ. It's a really important word for the church to think about and to talk about because people need to know the consequences of sin, which is being lost. People need to know how serious it is to be lost. Well, and stay lost. That's the big thing. And most powerfully, people need to know that they do not need to stay lost. So let's look at what it actually means to be lost. The first thing it means is to be without hope. Let me read you from Ephesians 2 and 12. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope. Let's put that in a little bit of context. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Gentile, not Jewish converts. Once they were separated from the one true God, but through the blood of Jesus they were now God's children. They had been in a state of no hope but that had changed. Now they had hope and what a difference that makes when you have hope and here hope is all to do with the assurance of salvation. The past is forgiven and there is something to look forward to that is more than just the here and now, what's happening now. You know Salvation is a word that Christians use a great deal. We talk about it all the time because it means to us a deliverance from sin and its consequences brought about by faith in Christ. That's what salvation is for the Christian. It's not a word that's used all that often in everyday English, but it is used. Um, if you look at the dictionary, here's what it means there. A preservation or deliverance from harm ruin or loss these Gentile converts were exactly the same as us they had no hope but now so what is the hope that we have well Colossians 1 and 5 says the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you already heard about in the word of truth the gospel that's our hope Paul continues it in verse 27, the same chapter. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This hope is that one day we will be with him in glory. But that hope is deep and life-giving in the here and now. It's not just about eternity. And as Christians, we often talk about eternity starts now. And what we mean by that is that we have a hope that is for the here and now. It makes a difference in our lives. We've got someone to turn to. We've heard that this morning from Rachel. If you go into Hebrews in chapter six and verse 19, it says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure it cannot be moved. People who don't know Jesus Christ do not have this assurance, this hope of heaven. And while some are content to think that death here, from once death happens in, on, on earth and that's the end, by the way, that doesn't make it true, even although they believe it, there are many who talk about the afterlife of seeing loved ones again, Of um, them being in a better place, of them being at peace now, but they don't have the assurance that Christ has paid the price to make that happen. To be lost is to be hopeless. But great news, you don't have to stay in that position this morning. You don't have to stay lost or hopeless. When I read that um, scripture, uh, from Ephesians, I missed out a little bit of it, so I want to read it again because I want to emphasise uh, another part of being lost in the final part of Ephesians two and twelve. Remember that at that time you were separate, so you were lost. You were separate from Christ, from God, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners of the covenants of the pro- to the covenants of the promise without hope, and without God in the world. To be lost is to be without God in the world. And Paul reminds the Ephesian believers of their past. You know, sometimes we say, oh, don't look back. But actually, do you know, often it's good to look back. It's really good to look back and see how far you've come. Even if you've not been a Christian for very long, look back and see how far you've come. Look back and realize what God has done for you and the difference it makes in how you think about things and what you do. These Ephesian new Christians, they had once been without hope. They'd once been without God in the world. And you know, we, we, we establish it's not just physically that people can be lost. It's not just when you're out in your car or on a walk. Not just when you're unsure of your surroundings or where to find the right path. Feeling lost is so much worse, so much more. I certainly remember well the feeling as I must have been seven, eight year old, being lost in Dunfermline Glen. But equally, I remember in my mid-teens feeling overwhelmed, um, overwhelmingly, um, feeling, sorry, overwhelming dread often, a deep emptiness. My mum was really ill at the time. And I would have a real sense of panic rise up inside so often. I really can't begin to describe it. And it's the only time in my life I would say that I knew real depression, but I remember it clearly. I desperately needed God to deal with my emotional distress. You know, for others, it's it's not that you're going through something like that. You might be going through job loss or serious injury or illness or family difficulties or 101 other things when people desperately need God. As Christians, we're not, as you all well know, we're not immune from all these things happening, but we have a Lord and Saviour we can run to in times of trouble. Lost people have nobody to run to. How sad to be alone in times of trouble. You know, yes, there's, there's family and friends that will come and they will help, but no one but Jesus has the answers. We read in John's gospel in in chapter six, Jesus seeing many of his followers drift away because of his hard sayings and his hard demands. Yet people tell you, oh, it's a crutch. You're just holding on to a crutch. Wow, if only they knew, eh? And he asks the 12 disciples then if they want to leave as well. And Peter puts it succinctly for them all. In verse 68, he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He saw in a flash the indispensability of Jesus. There was and there is for us no one else that we can go to. No one else has the words of eternal life. And I discovered that as a 17-year-old when I turned my life over to him. And I found hope in a God who was real and ready to be helping me. The thing I dreaded most happened 16 days later, after I gave my life to God. Because my mom died. But I knew she was safe in heaven. She knew the Lord. I knew God was in complete control. And I knew I would be fine because I had hope, I had God. Of course, there's been moments and a lot longer sometimes um, since then. Don't speak to Margaret Bennett about it because she'll tell you loads of times when things just don't go quite right. But do you know the bottom line? I always have hope and I always have God. And the final thing I want to say, and it's a really hard point to make, is to be lost, is to be without eternal life. favorite verse of, of us all as Christians is John 3 and 16. We can all recite it, can't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In the same book, Jesus says, Um, In chapter 5 and 24, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. When you're trusting the Son of God to have paid in full for your salvation, you have eternal life. Hallelujah. But the flip side is also true. And John says it in 1 John 5 and 12, he who has the Son has life, He who does not have the Son does not have life. But you know, life here is is short. And the older you get, the more you realize that. Even at its longest, it's short. The Bible says three score years and ten. I'm only a few years off that, and I'm getting a bit anxious about that. The government says that we're living longer. So, the state pension age has increased to 66 and is about to be 67. And um, all you young ones, I'm really sorry, 68 coming up pretty soon. Um, and I'm sure by the time Josh, you get to retirement age, you might be 75. But it's amazing because life expectancy is still, you know, 80, 90, and great if you make it to 100. And all the great strides forward in medical science have still not added very much time to the length of lives here on earth. But Jesus offers eternal life. We've just read John 3.16. It's a free gift to us. All we need to do is believe and accept. Who can ever begin to fathom what eternal life is? Who really has any understanding of what it looks like? I love John Newton, um, his, his uh, verse in one of his songs that says, when we have been there 10,000 years, right, shining as the sun, we have no less days to sing his praise than when we'd first begun. But it's hard to imagine something that just goes on and on and on and on. And it's not a life like this life where we have all the ups and downs that we've heard about, talked about this morning. It's not like that. It's a, it's a total paradise where everything is perfect, where we're with Jesus and Jesus sees us. You know, we don't talk too much about what it means to be lost because it's not really a comfortable subject. But I've only told you this morning what the Bible says. If you don't know Jesus, you're lost. But good news, great news. I think it could be argued that the greatest verse in the Bible is Luke 19 and 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. You don't have to stay lost. You can call out to him, and I absolutely guarantee he will find you, no matter where you are or what you've been doing. He will not ever turn anyone away. So let me finish with just some reminders for you. In Romans 6 and 23, it says that we're all sinners. Me, every bit as much as any of you, all of us are sinners. But no matter how many sins you've committed or the severity of those sins, let me tell you, he hates one sin. So as soon as you've committed one sin, you're in trouble. He died to cover all sins, no matter what. Romans 5 and 8 says, God God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When you call out to God, he gives hope, the certainty of salvation. He gives relationship, friendship with himself, and you receive eternal life. The Bible guarantees this for everyone calling out to him, so it definitely includes you. What's not to like about that? It's an amazing offer. It's taking all the rubbish that you want to throw at him and dealing with it for you. You don't need to stay lost. You can come to him right now. And if you need any help to to do that, come and speak to one of the leaders here at the end of the service we'd be delighted to introduce you to him. Or maybe you've done it on your own, in your own home. It's amazing. You can do it anywhere. You're just calling out to him and he's answered. If you've done that, come and tell us. We want to rejoice with you. And if you need prayer for anything this morning, please come and speak to one of the leaders at the end. But I pray that God will help you to make the right decision because it affects whole of your life, here and for eternity.